The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. The presence of God is also the face of God. You see, the same word for presence in the Old Testament is also translated face. So the presence of God is the face of God. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. God spoke to Solomon at the dedication of the temple, and God said to Solomon, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face. In other words, seek my presence. Seek my presence, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and heal their lands. Second Samuel chapter 21, verse 1. In the days of David. There was a famine in the days of David for three years. Year after year. So David sought the presence of the Lord. David sought the presence of the Lord. He sought the face of God. And when David sought the face of God, then the Lord answered. So the presence of God is the path for blessing, the path of abundance. Now there's three things about the face of God according to Psalm 16, verse 11. There's three things about the face of God. Number one, this fullness of joy. Number two, in the face of God, we stand at the right hand of God. Number three, there are pleasures forevermore. In the face of God, there is fullness of joy. Fullness, not partial joy, not imperfect joy, but fullness of joy. Not joy intermingled with pain and suffering. Some of us have the joy sometimes, but we don't have the joy all the time. And that's because we forget where we are and whose we are. We are living in the presence of God. And if you're living in the presence of God, you're living in the very face of God. God is looking at you. God is looking at me. We are behold, we are before the face of God. So where's our joy? Jesus said to his disciples, he says, up to now you've asked nothing in my name, but ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Jesus never promised he never promised anything less than the fullness of joy. And that's Luke, I'm sorry, that's John chapter 16, verse 24. Then he also said to his disciples in John chapter 15, verse 11, he says, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full that your joy might be full. So the promise is fullness of joy when we are conscious of the fact that we're living in the face of God. 
When we're living in the face of God, where's your joy? Where's your joy? We turn our joy on and off like a light switch. And that's because we forget. We lose our sense of consciousness that God is here. God is looking at us. We're standing in front of the face of God. And in the face of God, there's a promise. There's a promise of fullness of joy in the face of God. We stand at the right hand of God. The right hand is the hand of honor and favor. The right hand is the, is the hand of favor and power. God wants to honor every one of us. God wants to strengthen every one of us. God wants to show his favor to every one of us. He wants every one of us to be endowed with his power. And that's at the right hand of God. We live at the right hand of God. Don't ever forget where you are. You are at the right hand of God. Ephesians chapter 1, the 20th verse, says that when God raised Jesus from the dead, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he caused him to be seated at his right hand in heavenly places. Then Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says that we have been raised with him. We have been raised together with him. And we have been made to sit with him in heavenly places. If God raised Jesus from the dead to be seated at his right hand, and if we're in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and we've been made to sit in heavenly places, then Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Guess what, beloved? That makes us at the right hand of Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and those that believe, you're at the right hand of Jesus. When you're conscious that you're living in the presence of God, when you're conscious that you are living in the face of God, you know that God wants to honor you. You know that God wants to strengthen you. God will honor your faith. God will honor your prayers. He will honor your confessions based on the word of God. God will strengthen you even in your hour of weakness because you're living in the face of God. God will give you unmerited favor. He wants to highly favor all of his children. And then, not only will he favor us, he wants to give us power, power to live in life. Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Then in Acts chapter 1, he told his disciples, You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. God wants us to operate in power because we're living in the face of God. So not only is there fullness of joy, not only is there are we standing at the right hand of God? But he also promised to us pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. In the face of God, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, this is not necessarily endless happiness. No. But God promised that he would abundantly satisfy us with fullness. In Psalms 36, a Psalm of David, God makes to us a wonderful promise. In verse 8, he says, They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you, 
give them drink from the river of your pleasures. Let me say that again, beloved. God promised to abundantly satisfy us with the fullness of his house. He promised to give us drink from the river of his pleasures. Glory to God. So every time God answers your prayer, every time you receive a word from the Lord, every time you experience a manifestation of God in any way, that is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. So because we live in the face of God, he has shown us the path to life. There is a path of life. And the path of life is living with a consciousness that we're in its presence. The path of life is a consciousness that we live in the face of God. You know how it is growing up as children? When we were before our parents' face, we acted a better way than we did when the backs were turned. God's back is not turned. We are living in his face. He's watching you. He's watching me. And he wants to give us fullness of joy and those pleasures forevermore. Glory to God. We're always at the right hand of God. There's 166 references in the Bible of the right hand of God, but not one reference about the left hand of God. You're not on the left hand of God. He will put the goats on the left hand, but he only keeps the sheep on the right hand. Glory to God. We live in the face of God. So what, what does it really mean to live in the face of God? To live in the face of God means you live with a consciousness of God. So many times our consciousness goes, it wanes in and out. It comes on and it goes off. We want to develop a consciousness of God when we come to church. Then we want to lose that consciousness of God when we leave church. No, 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 no. God is always present. God is omnipresent. He is ubiquitous. He's everywhere at the same time. And we live in the face of God. Jesus and his Sermon on the Mount. Jesus taught his disciples. He says, blessed is the pure in heart. Blessed is the pure in heart, for they shall see God. How's it that we see the hand of God sometimes, but we don't see God all the time? It's because of the impurities in our hearts. When you're pure in heart, you see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If God is in your face, you ought to see his face. You ought to see his face by faith. God is always looking at us. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. We have a tendency to be on our P's and our Q's. We have a tendency to be on our best behavior when we're in somebody's face that we respect. Then when we're not in their face, then we resort back to our own human nature, our own fallen nature, where we live any kind of ship-shot lives we want to live. But I'm telling you, we live in the face of God. We ought to live with a consciousness of the presence of God. So what does that really mean? If we're living in the face of God, would we fear God? 
Will we reverence God? How's it that many don't fear the Lord? Many don't have a reverence from the Lord. They'll fear him and reverence him within the four walls of the sacred sanctuary. But how's it that we don't really fear God? We don't really have a reverence from God. It's something we turn on and we turn off. I believe Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 1 and 7 says, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 tells us, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Then Psalms 111 verse 9 tells us that his name is holy and reverend. His name is holy and reverend. We ought to live with a fear of God. I'm not talking about fear of intrepidation. I'm not talking about the boogeyman kind of fear. We ought to fear God with a sense of awe. We ought to fear God where we reverence him. We reverence his presence. And we ought to live with that consciousness. Glory to God. If we're living in the face of God, would we pray and worship him? How's it that? Some of us have to work ourselves up to pray and to worship. Some of us need to be conjoled. We need to be prodded just to worship God. If you believe you're living in the face of God, wouldn't the most natural thing be to talk to God? That's what prayer is, talking to God from your hearts. If you believe you're living in the face of God, wouldn't the most natural thing be to worship him? Deuteronomy says, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shall you serve. For God is a spirit, and they that worship him shall worship him in spirit and in truth. So how's it that? Some of us are not motivated to prayer. See, that's the problem right there. When you got to be motivated to do anything in the kingdom of God, it's because you don't have a revelation of God. When you got to be motivated to pray, when you got to be motivated to worship, when you got to be motivated to give, the word motivation is not in the Bible. And the word motivation don't need to be in our consciousness. What needs to be in our consciousness is we're living in the face of God. And because we're living in the face of God, God is looking at us and we're looking at God. I want to pray to God. I want to worship God. I want to give to God because I'm living in the face of God. Glory. Living in the face of God. But our words and our behavior show honor and respect. You know what we do on a human level? You know what we do? Certain people, we'll respect them if we're in their face. But as soon as they turn their back, we'll call them everything but a child of God. Huh? Some people, when you're in their face and they're in your face, you try to talk right. Act right. You try to do everything right just to show out of respect. But soon as they turn their back, then you revert, revert back to your fallen nature. You revert back to your humanity. You revert back to not being a person filled with the Spirit whose very life is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You revert back to your old ways. 
I'll never forget one time, I was officiating a wedding. And after the wedding, they were having this reception at this hotel. And so as my custom is, when I officiate a wedding, I, I usually stay around for the reception for a few minutes. And Joyce and I, I don't know why, they, they, seated, they seated Joyce and I back near the cash bar. And uh, it dawned on me after a while I sat there, nobody was going to the cash bar. You know, the cash bar is where you go buy your, your beer, wine, and liquor, or whatever. Huh? And, and, and the people working the cash bar, they were looking funny, like, what's wrong with these folks? Nobody's coming to buy anything. So it dawned on me, and I said to George, we need to go. So these people could go to the cash bar. And no sooner than we got up to leave, walked out in the hallway, I stuck my head back into the reception room, and they had a line at the cash bar. See, these people, they want to honor and respect Joyce and I as pastors. So they said, well, we don't want you to see us drinking. Not when you're facing us. But as soon as you turn your back, then I'm going to live any kind of way I want to live. That's what we do to God, beloved. That's what we do to God. We come to church and we believe we're in the presence of God and we try to put on our Sunday's best. We'll try to put on our, our best clothing, our best behavior. But as soon as church is over, then we feel like, okay, God's back is to us now. So we're going to live the way we want to live. Our words and behavior ought to always honor and respect God because we're living in the face of God. God is always looking at us and we ought to always be looking at him. So living in the face of God, would you still be a people pleaser? There's a lot of that going on in the church. People pleasers. You want to act the way people think you should act. You want to say the things people think you should say. And sometimes you end up talking out of two sides of your mouth. Would you be a people pleaser if you believe you're really living in the face of God? Beloved, that takes a consciousness. You have to purposely be conscious that God is looking at you no matter what you say to another person, no matter what you do, God is looking at you. Would you be a people pleaser? Would you be a people pleaser? You know, Jesus said, with your communication, he said this in Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 37, I believe. He says, with your communication, let it be yay, yay, and nay, nay. He says, anything more than these comes evil. You got to mean what you say and say what you mean because you know it's the right thing to say and it honors God. But you can't be a people pleaser when you know you're living in the face of God because you want to please God, not people. You're not concerned about what they think and what they say. You want to please God, huh? Paul told the Romans in Romans chapter 8, verse 8, he told them, so then those who walk in the flesh they cannot please God. As long as you're living in your flesh, your fleshly ways, you will never be please God. God is not a God of the flesh. He is a God of the spirit. And we need to be conscientious 
that we're to walk in that spirit and not fulfill the lust of our flesh. But that's living in the face of God. Hmm? We got to get delivered from these lives of duality. How we live one way in one environment, another way in a more comfortable environment. What we say to some people, we, we want to honor and respect. But we don't even give God that same honor and respect. Huh? As soon as they turn their back, then we're going to tell somebody else how we really feel about them. But God is before you and you're living in his face. This is what David was talking about when he said, I will show you. I will show you the thing. You know, God will show you the path of life. This is the key. This is the secret. We live in his presence. In other words, we live before his face. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In closing, to live in the face of God is to live with an uninterrupted consciousness of his presence. You're living with an uninterrupted consciousness that you're in the face of God. To live in the, in, in the face of God is to set your affection. That is your, your mental disposition, your mind, your consciousness. You're setting it on things that are above and not the things on this earth. God has shown us the path of life. And the key is living in his presence. That's the key for abundance and blessing. That's the key for victory. That's the, the key for honor and strength, for favor and power. That's the key. That's the key for pleasures forevermore. It's to live in the face of God. Amen. Let us pray. Let us pray. Glory to God. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the presence. Thank you for your face. Help us to be like David, to desire to have the presence of God in our lives and we live our lives in the face of that presence. Help us to understand what the real key is the real path of life, the path of victory and success, blessing and abundance, that path of joy, that path of honor and strength, that path of favor and power, that path of pleasures forevermore is to live in your presence, to live in the face of God. Father, we know you're looking at us, but help us to be conscious of looking at you. And help us, based on what we see in you, to inform our thoughts, to inform our words, to inform our behavior, to inform our, our living. And help us not to be those that walk in the flesh, but those that walk in the spirit. Because those who walk in the flesh, they cannot please you. For you are a spirit. And teach us, Father God, to talk to you from our hearts, to worship you with all of our hearts and mind, 
Teach us to be conscious of the fact that you are here. You are there. You're everywhere. And we live before your face. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God has declared unto us his glory. And in this glory, he's also unfolded the mystery of God. And that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And today is your day, beloved, to experience the hope of glory. That is Christ in you. And if you believe the record that God has provided us of his son, you can experience the glory of Christ in you. To believe is to receive. That's right. If you believe, then you receive. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And with the heart you believe unto righteousness. And you see, when you do that, you receive righteousness. So with the heart you believe unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And did not only that, but beloved, God will fill you with his precious Holy Ghost. He will fill you with his spirit so that you can walk in strength and power. So that you can enjoy the path of life, living in his presence with victory. Victory over circumstances, victory over foes, victory in Christ Jesus. And those of you that are struggling with sickness, struggling with distress, and I know a lot of people, their hearts are wrenched, their hearts are broken because of all the things going on in this country. But beloved, we got to give that to the Lord. We got to cast our care upon the Lord because He cares for us. We got to cast that burden unto Him. He cares for you. God's touching you, touching your mind, He's touching your physical body. And He's speaking healing. He sends His word to heal you and deliver you from your destruction. Give him the glory. Give him the glory because it is done. It is done. God will perfect that which concern you. He will never forsake the work of his hands. So God is at work in your life right now. So continue to live in his presence. Continue to live in the face of God. And don't forget, beloved, God is love. Yes. And love God with the love he's given you in your heart. Love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and all your strength. Then love your neighbor as yourself. Walk in love. Because faith worketh by love. Walk in love and have faith in God. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.